Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. Seahawk, it is our commitment to you that you have complete access to the top professionals, industry experts, and products for your fire service. We stand by the service and products we provide. We are proud of our past, and we are constantly listening to our customers and exploring new ways to bring better options to the fire service. This is Seahawk. High level, safety, service, security. Please visit our website at www.seahawkservice.ca or give us a call at 1-888-791-4210. Welcome to Growing Up Fire, Season 3, Episode 22. I'm just outside a great village, and you gotta know I am having like the greatest day I've had in months and months and months, because this village isn't just good. It's great. Great. All right. <laughs> and people are just gonna have to deal with that. For all the people that think this is a made-up town or a made-up thing that I talk about and say, check out my Insta, right? It's on there. I got pictures of it, and we're right here buried in the heart of it. So... This is also other people from Colchester County. Sorry, we don't want It's not that your fire department is not as good, but it's not great. And so uh, we got Chantel here from Hilden, FD. What's up? You, you scared for the food. You, you could, yeah, <laughs> and this is a great piece. As we do the introductions, I was like, I didn't know that women would come for the free food, but I forgot, right? Part two is you're firefighters, and firefighters are going to come for the free food. Even if the food sucks, and it won't, sorry. <laughs> Angela's our host tonight, so we're not going to get her mad right now. But uh, even if it's just pizza or hamburgers or what's our other go-to stuff? I'm in Nova Scotia, so maybe it's other stuff here. But where I'm from, you're not having a party until it's pizza and orange pop. (laughs) So uh, Hilton Fire Department. Angela, the food will be great. I have no (laughs) doubt. I'm sorry I even said that. Barrett already gave me the, from the background, (laughs) cut it out. Sorry, Chantel, how long have you been on? Uh, going on nine years now. Nine years, wow. I'm about the same with Great Village, nice. yeah. Okay. Nine and years. Was 19. And we got Robin from Valley Kemptown. Yes, and I'm just about three years. Three years, okay. And then we have Julia, who's not just from Valley Kemptown, she's also from also Valley, from Valley Kemptown. Also from Valley Kemptown, and I'm going on eight years. Eight years, all right. And Stacy, Great Village again, right? Actually, of yeah. course. It's not, <laughs> it's not like everyone else isn't as good as you, you know that, right? I know, but it's you just, know. And it's tough, it, but. It comes with the name you just have to be great you do it's every day it's a challenge right i can't it's too much pressure i could never live here and how long you've been on the fire department three years three years now and then justine from bible hill who wait till you see the picture of her she could bench press me so (laughs) she's ready to go how long you've been on bible hill 10 years now 10 years now wow that's amazing okay so barrett gave me a jingle and said hey you know what we should do is a podcast with all women which was like super intimidating for me, I won't lie. And it's kind of already seeping out as I talk. My friends are making fun of me already as they listen to this. Because, yeah, six firefighters, one thing, right? I'm used to that all day long. 
six women firefighters that are like no nonsense. You're already like straightening out on some things, which I appreciate. It's good. But you're six women firefighters in a county and from fire departments that are actually no strangers to women. And so, you know, when I first started 33 years ago, barely any women in the fire service, it was a struggle for them to break in and get going. Now it's pretty normal. Like a lot of fire departments will be 15, 20%, which isn't enough, I get it. So when we were talking about it being up to 50% of some of the fire departments here in Colchester County, that was intriguing to me. That was cool, right? And then I start to wonder if you're gonna take over the world and maybe I'll be out of the job. <laughs> so, you know, you're all checking out my gear, like you're gonna run a podcast as soon as this is over and, and talk about the fire service. So that's awesome. So let's go, we'll start this way. Justine, you're gonna start, right? What brought you to the fire service? Well, I just moved to Bible Hill actually from Halifax and I was looking at getting involved in some different things in the community and I had a couple friends in the fire department. I thought that was pretty cool. So I uh, started in there. Nice. And so it was just like, you know, typical way to join the fire department. Your friends said, hey, you know what would be fun? And you fell for it. Yeah. And I was brand new to the community. I didn't even know where any of the main streets were. So (laughs) it was a quick learning curve. It is a great way to get to know a community. Oh, it is. Very much. Yeah. Lucky you didn't land in Great Village. That was too for your first place ever, but uh, you know, you start at Bible Hill, maybe later on you can transfer over to Great Village, yeah. if you're great enough. So everyone thinks I'm gonna stop with the great jokes. A zero percent chance that's happening. We think they're great. Okay. <laughs> Two gold stars already, we're just getting started. Robin is rocking this. All right, Stacey, your turn. What brought you to the fire service? Well, Norm, my partner, he came home from talking to someone and he sort of was kind of sheepish saying, "Mm, don't be mad, but I thought I'd like to join the fire department. And my response was, yeah, let's do it, (laughs) with that much enthusiasm. And, uh, well, the rest, as they say, is history. But my intention was just to come in and maybe do some MFR stuff or something, but I'm all in. Yeah, you got the bug. You just finished being at a day of pump training after you were up till like two o'clock in the morning helping with a concert or something. And that's a ridiculous firefighter story that's told across the country, right? It's like, you know, who's going to do stuff? Well, we'll call the firefighters because they're going to volunteer for every crazy idea (laughs) that happens and we're going to not care about ourselves and we'll get it done. Yeah, I'm not sure what would happen to the concert if there was a big call because 90% of the volunteers and workers are firefighters. Well, I guess Kit Moore put his own stage away. Right? <laughs> I don't know. But maybe that's what would happen. It's hard to say. Right on. So, Julia, ten, did you say 10 years in the... No, uh, eight, eight years. Eight, eight years. years. And my story is similar to Justine's. I'm, I'm from another community outside of Colchester County. And I moved here, and I knew a few people in the fire department. And I thought, you know what? That would be, like, a great way to get, you know, integrated into the community and maybe make some friends. These people would be good friends. And um, I'm a nurse by trade. <laughs> and uh, I'm a nurse by trade, so I was like, I'll just do some of that MFR stuff, and you know, help out around the hall. And like 10 minutes into it, I was like, Mm-mm, I want more. Like I want to, I want to do the cool stuff. I want to, you know, do the firefighting. I want to do the forestry stuff. I want to do the MFR stuff. So it was a very quick progression to like the full firefighter. I, I love that even at the start of the last two, your story, it was like there's even some gender bias there, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It's like, yeah. well, I'll do the MFR stuff and help out where I can. And then all of a sudden you do the real firefighting stuff and you're like, oh yeah, I'm not, there's no, I'm not doing that. No. I'm, I'm doing the cool <laughs> stuff, right? Give me the nozzle, get me to the door, let's let's crash it. Robin, how about you? Similarly, I moved from outside the community just before COVID hit. 
So really easy to make friends during a pandemic. (laughs) But I did want to, you know, get to know people in my community and and give to the community. So yeah, I called Bill on the sign and uh, yeah, I had my first conversation and was, you know, I felt very welcome from the start. So it was definitely the right call. And I had always had an interest in fire and just timing wise, this was the right opportunity. So I had no idea what anyone looked like for the first two years. And just like a mask and eyes. (laughs) Right. Everyone's like, how do we do this? You have those moments. You've been walking by people every day and they're wearing a mask and then all of a sudden the first time you see them without a mask you're like oh I did not expect that <laughs> that's what the other half of the face looks like <laughs> I like that was a nose joke <laughs> right on okay Angela how about you so I got bullied into it by my partner <laughs> yeah we're gonna get into that as we go along here yeah, we'll break no. that down for you and get some counseling mm-hmm. it's all good. Barrett joined and then he came home and kind of told me about what the calls were like and that there was a lot of medical and I like Julia and a few other people around this table work in healthcare so um, started out that way and yeah here I am yeah just kind of tricked you into it'll be awesome we can do it together yeah that's okay you can get him back later okay so Chantel it's your story time mine is shockingly slightly different my like a lot of departments kind of here in Colchester County it becomes a bit of a family affair so my grandfather was with his uh, community fire department for 45 years and my grandmother ran the what is the ladies auxiliary, you know, kind of that traditional men do the firefighting and the women do all the cooking. (laughs) And then my best friend kind of bullied me into joining. She was the only female in the department at the time. She's like, you know, I just, I need someone else on my side. So in I went kind of the same as everyone else, you know, I'll help out where I can. And then it was all in. Yeah, so that's two of you that use the word bully, and and it's not that we didn't bully you, we conned you. Yeah. Okay, so just get over that you got conned, right? You fell for what we said was awesome and happening at the fire department, and you fell for your friend's story that they really needed someone else to be there with them. And it's cool. I I love that your story is growing on fire. We're going to high five over that, because obviously pretty uh, into that. So... And then you talked about 45 years. So we've just spent a couple of weeks in Nova Scotia. It always just blows my mind how long people have been on the fire department with the auxiliary. I was talking to a lady when we were in North Queens and, and I went into the kitchen and she had her husband there helping and she's doing her thing. And I said, how long you been doing this, right? It was oh, over 40 years. And, and I said to him, I was like, and you're just sitting here helping today. And she actually didn't even let him answer. She looked right at me and she said, yeah, if we get bickering, you know, don't, don't worry about us. And I looked right at him and I said, I'm married too, man. I understand. <laughs> he wouldn't even make eye contact with me. He just went back. He was sorting the utensils in the drawer. And uh, he was definitely a firefighter, but that night he was working for his wife and the lady auxiliary. And so, you know, to me, I thought, wow, isn't that cool? They've probably been both 40, 45 years coming up through literally doing this together. And at that same fire hall, the fire chief's dad was getting his 70 year medal. He's actually getting it while we record this podcast in North Queens. And so can you imagine 70 years of doing this job? I can't, I'm halfway there, but uh, it's amazing to me. So it's cool. Thank you for sharing your growing up fire story. Okay, so you're women, you're in these new communities. Some of you are new to the area, some of you are coming for other reasons. What was it like coming into the fire department as a woman? Did you feel the bias? Did you feel like it was different for you? And I know you'll have to think back, because I'm sure now, after you've been there for years, it doesn't feel like that, or hope it better not. But at the start, what did it feel like? And so, 
Julia, we're going to start with you, I think, this time. I'm very fortunate. We have amazing female firefighters in our department, and they're so ingrained in the program in many different ways that, you know, I had role models within the department, and I have to admit, in terms of don't, for being a female firefighter, most of it came from myself. Like I said earlier, I thought, oh, I'll just do the MFR stuff. Like, I can't do the firefighter stuff. So I think if there's any bias, it really came from myself, but I've always felt extremely supportive. Supported within our At six feet tall, though, I assume that you felt. <laughs> For those who can't see me, I have a smaller stature. <laughs> but no, I, I have to admit, a lot of that dope came from within, not within the department, but from myself. Yeah, fair. So let's dig into that a bit because, you know, sometimes that's what I get from the, you know, the male ego, right? Is like they're too small, they're not strong enough, they can't do this, they can't do that. And what I've found is I've not run into one woman firefighter yet that can't overcome any upper body strength, height, any problem that uh, anyone else would have. And even for me, like I was a lot different looking firefighter when I was 18 than I am today. And I think it's about knowing, you know, what are your talents? What do you excel at? I, there's things I know that I might not be the best person to do it, but there's other things that I am the best person to do it. So it's it's working with the group and figuring out, you know, what are your strengths and what do you need support in? Yeah, you're at an MFR call and you're a nurse and you're rocking it. Yeah. No, nobody's giving you a hard time there, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, exactly. But you know what? I don't want to hold on to a two and a half <laughs> for too, too long by myself. Yeah, so I, Nobody you know, does. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's been an incredible experience and um, everybody within the department has been fantastic. So, Valley Camp Town, that was also Valley Camp Town, now this is Valley Camp Town. <laughs> Robin, how, how do you feel about it? Was it hard being a woman, easy? Did you even notice? Did you care when you came in? Yeah, no, similarly to Julia. I mean, Julia was there when I was there, so she would have been one of the first people that I got to get to know there. And like she said, it's very much women dominate. And, you know, we're over, I'd say we're 25 to 28% fire brigade, so we've got a pretty good representation. But it wasn't really a thought for myself. Unlike Julia, I am almost six feet tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're coming, Travis. So, for me, size has never been, you know, one of those gender defining things like for me so I was like yeah let's go like I want to get in and get my hands dirty and do some work so one of the things we were talking about and you made the mistake of telling me you have a story about this so I'll just kind of yeah. lead you to the right story it's kind of the men women thing right and so for men the whole world is our bathroom we literally can just go to the bathroom anywhere we don't care middle of a city street out in the country doesn't matter right women don't have all the luxuries that we have in that. And so you said you have a story about how you overcame that one. Yeah. So I went to Shelburne during, you know, the wildfires this year. And uh, when you're out in the woods, yeah, you have to get creative, especially when you're wearing a one piece uh, jumpsuit. Anyway, so there was a house that had been unfortunately burned down. And I was like, there's walls the traffic can't see me, people can't see me, I'm gonna go down in what was the basement and go hide in the corner. So I go to take my jumpsuit off and I turn around and there's a chicken. <laughs> I can't even make this up. The biggest eyes ever. What's about to happen here? <laughs> and it was black and it was sitting in the ashes, so it was warm, but she wouldn't move. So we figured she had eggs or there was something there, but yeah, anyway, I almost peed on a chicken. Yeah. We had a bonding moment, right? That's, that's, uh, the chicken was, you know, they got a story to tell too now, right? Yeah, so, I was like, guys, I'm like, there's a chicken over here. Yeah, so like, and always trying to find, uh, you know, when we were up in Fort McMurray, and the community had burned down and, and we're all still there and you're going from house to house. And of course, everyone evacuated so fast, a lot of the buildings were open. And one of the things that came out from all the women firefighters was like, this, it was grand. 
there was like a bathroom. Every third house was open. <laughs> you could just go in and use the bathroom and leave a note. So sorry, I used your bathroom. But uh, it was so different than all of the other times. And so nice. We're going to come back to the wildfire thing in a second too. Angela, how did you feel when you're, I mean, you're there, I guess, you and your husband are joining up at the same time and you're doing your thing. And But did you feel any kind of, I'm a woman and it's different for me or was it just a normal? I would say maybe a little bit, a different feeling in that, are you here to be the ladies auxiliary? Like there were some female members, but not a lot then. But what I can say is since then, we're now almost 50% female brigade so it's certainly yeah (laughs) it certainly has changed over the last 10 years yeah this is why they're great yeah Yeah. they're they're changing the game it's like hey chief you're the leader of the men's auxiliary beat it we got a a woman's in charge now it's um and so very quickly you got through that absolutely yeah and like same like julia said i think it was more in my head that i was making stories up that weren't necessarily what the situation actually was that yeah. I was making myself be more paranoid of being a woman there than yeah. I th- needed to be. And I think there's some, so like you, you kind of have like double the troubles, right? So when I join up, I'm like, I wonder if any of these guys know what a drunken idiot I've been for the last three years in high school and things like that. And so you have those worries, right? I wonder what people think of me and how will I fit in? But then you also have that you're coming into a, a system that doesn't have a lot of women in it, right? So it's kind of double jeopardy for women coming in the fire service. I get that. Chantel, you look like you're dying to say something. <laughs> it's like, I hope this isn't an angry story. No. <laughs> I want to say like probably along the same lines of Julia, when I joined, I was only the second female in the department of a department of about like 50 or 60 people. So it was quite a difference. And like looking back, I don't know if it was in my head, but I just... Like, I've always kind of lived my life of, like, just wanting to constantly, like, prove myself and, like, say, like, oh, well, like, you can do that, but I can do it better. And I think, like Julia said, there's, you go in thinking, oh, I'll help where I can, but really there's a place for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I might not be able to sit on a two and a half for three hours, you know, doing some exterior work, but, like, I can wriggle my way under a table and, and clear a room and be more fast and flexible yeah. than someone who's, you know, a man who's 300 pounds. So yeah. I think it's just right finding. I also very quickly got my own set of custom gear because there was just like nothing hanging around the hall to fit. Oh. So I'm going to tell you this story. And this was a hard lesson for me. We had uh, two pretty, let's call them big personalities that were women on our fire department. And I come in one night and they're like, uh, hey, chief, we want to have a private meeting with you. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> And I was like, can I bring anyone with me? And they're like, no, just us and you. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And go upstairs. And HR complaints. And it was like, yeah, I was like, oh no, what's happening? And, and so one of them was having a trouble with the testing, you know, the tests. And so she wanted to talk about that. And her friend was kind of like her emotional support for that. And, and so it was like kind of turned into a bit of a cry fest and, and some of the things that uh, I'm uncomfortable with as a man. <laughs> and uh, we got through that, and then they're like, "Okay, but we're not done yet." And I was like, "Oh, we like we just did all that, and now we have to." Okay, what else? What's going on? And they're like, "The uniforms don't fit us." And I was like, "Oh, okay. I mm, what? Hmm, this is a hard <laughs> question for me, right?" And I'm like, "I know some of the parts that don't fit. I'm understand, but I said like I don't know." And so I said, "Just stand by." And I ran down to my office, and I came back with our uniform book and I flipped to the right page and it was literally like 
guys' pants and women's skirts. <laughs> and and this is like this is only like five years ago, you know, six years ago. This isn't a long, long time ago. And I was like, what? You know what? This is crap. And now I'm mad. So now it's like we're kindred spirits. We're like, we got to get better uniforms and better. And so I said, well, like, you know, could we tailor the shirts? We have people that can tailor the shirts. Would that help? You know, is there things that we can do in the meantime? Like, I'm not a woman. I don't know how clothes fit. You're not a man. You don't know how clothes fit. So, you know, what, what can we do to meet in the middle until we can do better? I called the next day the uniform place. And it was actually Dirks was the name of the place in Alberta. And, and I was like, look, Jim. Like you've been selling me uniforms for forever, and like last night, I, there's a serious problem. And he's like, "Oh, no problem. We can fix any problem. What is it?" And I was like, "In your catalog, you only have skirts for women." And it's like dead silence. I was like, "Jim, did you hang up on me?" Right? And he's like, "I'm just thinking." He said, "I, I don't have a solution for that." And I said, "Like, come on. These can't be the first women that grabbed their chief by the throat and said, get us some proper clothes.'" He was like, "You know what? I'll phone around." And it took about a week. And finally we found a supplier that, that had women's fitting clothes. And so I was like, okay, but now like I'm not falling for this. So send me some samples. So we got some measurements from the girls and we got samples set out that actually fit those girls. And we still had to tailor them a lot because it's like kind of a military fit. It's not great for what they were looking for. And this, all of these conversations were so hard for me as a man and as the boss. And I was like feeling really bad because I let them down. And I think I'm pretty famous for thinking of stuff before it's a problem. And I didn't see this one coming at all. And so I felt bad about that. Felt bad that they had to like come to me and be like, you know, yeah, you know, when you ordered the golf shirts and it says men's size XL, it didn't give you like a hint that they might not fit us properly. And I was like, <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't think like that. I, I will, I'll do better, but in this particular case, I didn't do it. And so, you know, you have this kind of real embarrassment piece where we had to do it. And so we hired a couple of women firefighters onto the Chestermere Fire Service where I work now. And I was like all over this. I was like, don't worry, we'll get you the right uniforms and we'll get a tailor and we'll get them fitting properly. And, and so we're having these weird conversations where I was like, so like, I have to let you know that I also don't want it to be like, you know, I don't want you to be like Taylor Swifting around here with, you know, you also have to, it's a uniform, right? So you're gonna get long sleeves and short sleeves and you're gonna have to get a tie and, and there's certain things that we look the same. So you're gonna have to look the same. Yours can fit different and that's okay. And I totally respect that and want that, but they're gonna be the same color pants. They're gonna be the same color shirts. They're gonna be, so we'll find ones that fit better, but it's also about us looking like a team. And then ever since then, when we're ordering t-shirts I'm like are they unisex when we're ordering golf shirts I will be the first one to say can we get men's and women's and because people will say oh it's a unisex golf shirt no it's not I now know <laughs> from a bunch of women telling me that it's not that was a hard lesson for me to learn and those female firefighters to stand up and kind of say hey we're not gonna put up with this anymore was huge and so I thought I'm a pretty intimidating guy I guess I'm told sometimes, but these two female firefighters were not intimidated by me. And, <laughs> and I certainly didn't find that I was very intimidating that night because, you know, they were, they were mad. They, they're sick and tired of wearing clothes that don't fit. And we start going down the path of like, you know, it doesn't fit here. And it doesn't. I was like, well, I'm not comfortable going down that, right? Like, I don't care how pants fit your butt and stuff. Like, I'm not, but I do care enough that I'll make sure that we get everything to fit properly. And so, Justine, we're going to go to you. And when you started, and you got a clothing story that we're going to get into here. <laughs> I brought up some bad stuff here, I guess. So, which is fine. So let's move along with it. So when you started in Bible Hill, what was that like as a woman firefighter? 
I felt very similarly to the other girls. Like, I think it was more in my head. I think it was more like stature as well, like trying to prove yourself when you first getting in. I was one of the first in my department to start doing like interior firefighting and through the front door, that sort of thing. It was not like the other women that were in the department weren't really doing that at the time. So I felt like it was almost to prove myself. And it was more like stature wise, like to prove, no, I can move weight and I can like, you know, use the nozzle and all of that. And so you actually have a bit of a story about this clothing thing to share with us. Yeah, I have two quick ones, actually. (laughs) Chantel, actually. So the first one, actually, what Chantel mentioned, when I first joined, there was no gear that fit me either, like bunker gear. And I actually went through my entire first year. I'm a size four in bunker boots. And I wore an eight and a half for my first year. (laughs) And I did my fire control and everything in that. And I remember like crawling through the building during the fire control and it was like filling with water and my boot was just like floating off my foot. (laughs) (laughs) Had to get that back. The other story was, yes, I I actually up until last year had a skirt for my uniform. And (laughs) I'm not one to like say, like whatever I'm given, like that's good for me. I'm not one to like say anything about it and then our steward at the time he came up to me he said would you like to wear pants and I said yes <laughs> and he said, and this is like a couple years ago like, like last this year is, <laughs> this is not in the 80s or the 90s and I said the... yes I would like that and he's like okay let's do that that was my one rule I said if my only option for a dress uniform is to wear a skirt I just don't want one at all when I got my pants it was another world yeah. like it was great game changer <laughs> great <laughs> I can't even, yeah, I'm a little bit mind blown and I don't exactly know what to say, so I'm just stalling here. But, oh, I was gonna talk about the boots. And so up until about 10 years ago, the smallest boots, the rubber boots that we buy, that you could buy was actually a size five. Yes, actually, I was sized for a size three, but I can only get into a size four. And so like that 10 years ago, right? And it's a men's five. It was 100%, right? (laughs) And again, it wasn't men's or women's, it was just the boots came in these sizes. Yes, it was. (laughs) And we would, we're running a junior program and I would call up and I was like, I need the smallest boots that we can get. And uh, five men's was the smallest boots that we could get. And uh, I kind of blew my mind, right? Because I had the opposite problem, right? I need a size 16, a size 17 boot <laughs> and like four Goodyear tires got to die to make those boots, right? <laughs> and so these massive boots and that was another whole problem. But then to get to the small ones, right? Um, and even the gear, like, so you would order just the generic gear and I need a size small. And I would think, well, that's gonna be pretty tiny. It turns out it's not as small as that you think it is. And so we actually had to go to some custom gear to get it small enough, right? The leg short enough or the arm short enough or whatever. And so, you know, that's also part of the problem is trying to, it's not just about the size, right? So typically, like if I'm dealing with male firefighters and you're six foot two and you have a size 14 foot and you need a great big coat and you have long arms and you, and then I get like Robin, a six foot firefighter that's a woman firefighter, does not have the same dimensions as a man (laughs) firefighter at six feet tall, right? And so that blows my mind that you still, they gave you a skirt till a few years ago. And so that's great. I'm going to leave that alone. I don't know what else to say about that. I'm just... I'm mind blown right now, which is doesn't happen to me. All right, Stacy, you joined the fire department. Was it fine? Was it not? Overall, it was fine. Again, in my head. And initially, I thought, you know, just do MFR, do whatever needed or whatever. And I was offered the opportunity to go to level one. It was like, mm, no, that's not for me. That's not for me. And, and then it's like, mm, maybe I'll go for the information. And then each time I went, it was like, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do this. And just eventually 
you know, over the year, gained the confidence to be able to do it. And so maybe less about being a woman, more just about having the confidence to do it no matter who you were or, or, yeah. or what was going on. And then just, I think within the department itself, it's because a lot, oftentimes the females are supporting in the more supportive role. So I think it was a little weird that I wanted to do more than that. So you and Angela both talked about that, starting at a time when your partner started, you know, just before mm-hmm. or at the same time. And so did you feel that there was that pressure or that stigma, let's call it, you know, the man was going to do one thing and the woman was going to do another thing? Or was it just, was that in your head? Was it real? I feel like it's a bit real. but Well, I think it was real, not purposeful at all, but just it's always been. So it, it's, you know, oh, some... And, no one stopped me from doing it or anything, and that, in fact, has encouraged it. So, and the other females on the brigade, one in particular, like she's always dressing everybody. And we had a fire last December, and she's like, You need to gear up. And I'm like, What? And she goes, No, you need to gear up. We need you. And I'm like, Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going. It's the. Angela, how about you? Was there, you know, any stigma about who was going to do what when the two of you joined together? I don't think so. I really do stick more to the supporting roles. I started to get into the firefighting and I couldn't turn my nurse brain off. I'm always watching everybody as they come out of the fires. So I I do like that part. I more do exterior and and support on the scene. But I don't think that's because that's what I think was expected of me. That's just where I've gotten to be comfortable kind of yeah and i'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings or be no. bad about it i would kind of call that the mother hen role right yeah or absolutely the yeah. Uh, keep kittens in the box type role mm-hmm. and and so some of the greatest female firefighters that i know had that role right yeah and sometimes those kittens are really hard to keep yeah. in the box <laughs> i'd just yes. like to say yes there's some bad kittens out yeah. there no question there about are. that so, you know, and that and that's not different. Like sometimes it's a man that's doing the fire prevention role, not doing the, the regular firefighting role. And you're just like, oh, cool. That's what you're into. So go ahead and do that. I just wonder sometimes if people get pigeonholed into that or if it just happens naturally. So I think it comes not just with being a woman or a man in the fire service, but maybe with the age. Right. And so, you know, we had one fire department where the whole, you know, the husband was the chief, the wife was the mother hen role. The two sons came on the fire department and kind of became the captain and the deputy chief. And, you know, so it's like a family affair where they're running the whole thing top to bottom. We'd often call her Mrs. Chief, right? <laughs> so we'd ask her the chief a question and then everyone would look at her to see what she would <laughs> say about that. And you still see that some. We just had some of that over the last couple of weeks, right? And so that can be a tough role. It's not just like a woman thing, but it's like that we're together in this fire service together and we both have different roles. So that's cool. All right. Well, we killed that question. You guys are great. (laughs) You know, I think that uh, as we talk about this, like you're kind of bringing back so many things in my own career. And and this podcast is not about me, but it's to kind of trigger to say what's going on, what's going on. And I remember one time, female firefighter, she'd been on for about a year and she was struggling. Right. And the guys came to me and they're like, hey, you know what? We just let's fire her. She's just no good. She's not strong enough, can't do the job, can't. And it was like, it really was this like kind of ugly, it really felt like this, you know, women aren't good enough thing. And and so I said, okay, well, I'm not gonna fire her, then I'm gonna fire all of you. And they're like, what? And I was like, well, she's terrible and she's been here for a year and you did all of her training and you're the ones that tested her and helped her and taught her, then you guys are terrible. I don't need any of you, I'm gonna fire the four of you and and uh, we'll get her some better instructors to, to help her along. 
And of course, a bunch of sad faces, right? Bunch of kind of young, go get them guys. And, and so I said, okay, I'm gonna leave you with that thought. All right, tomorrow morning we'll have a meeting about who I'm firing. And so I was pissed off. So I went and drugged the yard or, or mowed or whatever I did when I was mad. And uh, my wife and I talked about it that night. And then the next morning I went in and I was like, okay, so who am I firing? And uh, the guys were like, well, you know, I guess our preference would be nobody. We hear you and we'll do better. We already reached out to her, we talked to her, we're gonna start like the six month probation thing over again and redo the training. And this time we're gonna have a lot more vested interest in her success and not so much in the judgment of her capabilities. And I was like, boom, that was a, a change that happened. And so I guess that whole story leads me to ask each one of you, you know, is there times where you feel that that happened to you, where it was like everyone was getting one kind of training and maybe you were left out of it or got a different kind of training because of the role that they perceived that you would have, not necessarily the role that you wanted. Chantelle, you're <laughs> too much eye contact, so you're going first. I didn't necessarily experience that, but I uh, helped teach the level one firefighting program here in Colchester County. I taught Stacy and I think Robin some courses too. And I think... When I first started helping out, the kind of project lead at the time said that he just, you know, he thought it was so great to have a, a younger female face involved to just like show, you know, that it's not necessarily just a man's game that, you know, and I keep seeing more and more females coming up through the program. And I just think it's great that we, you know, within the county can create such an environment that is, I guess, welcoming to people yeah. wanting to kind of so, break that glass ceiling. But. It's like your numbers show that you're doing it, right? Your, your numbers are higher than most places in Canada. So I think that maybe the mission isn't over, but you're winning more battles than you're losing, right? Acres Emergency Vehicles, a message from our community. A person who is risking his or her life to save the lives and properties of others deserves something as reliable as an Acres Emergency Vehicle. This is our mission to thank these people with the best gift we can, our best effort. Our commitment includes a firefighter-driven design, manufacturing integrity, personal and professional service. We are here to serve. We guarantee personal and professional service every step of the way. Acres Emergency Vehicles, built for a life of service. Please visit our website at www.acresev.ca. All right, so let's keep going around. Angela, how do you feel about that? Yeah, so I don't think I've experienced that personally, but I think what you were talking about, how those, your four guys changed their perspective. And I see that in, in our brigades in Colchester as we, you know, the last year we've been doing a lot of mutual aid training with other fire brigades around. And I never see anybody wanting somebody to fail. You know, we're always trying to, you know, whatever Robin wants to achieve, I'm there for whether it's something I want to do or not. And I just think that speaks so much for our leadership around around our brigades here. Yeah, that and support and that, that and, change yeah, in, yeah. in thinking, right? Absolutely. So that's, that's pretty yeah. awesome. Robin, what do you want to achieve? This is what we want to <laughs> How high do you want to go in this? What's, what's your goals here? 
Oof, you landed me with the big one. I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, thanks. It's my show. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think a good place to go to would be uh, fire prevention that we did this week. And there were girls at the schools in the audience. And, you know, they look at you and they're like, you're a girl. They're like, yeah. They're like, <laughs> I really like your hair. And I think it's really cool that you're doing this. Yeah. And, you know, if it's one girl that wants to sign up, Right. You know, at the open house, I had a conversation with a young lady who is grade nine and she was like, I think this is awesome. She's like, by the way, I'm going to ask you questions and this is going to be your interview. I'm like, "Okay." (laughs) And, you know, she asked me why I was a firefighter and why I enjoyed it. And, you know, why should she think about it? And I was like, please ask all of these questions for the rest of your life for everything that you do. But again, it comes back to if you can inspire, you know, another girl to step up and take a role that is outside of what is considered to be a woman's role, then do that. And the stigma is changing. I went to, it's like a small Christian school and they asked me to come for a career day. And so I rolled in there and I just, in my head, I won't lie, just being honest, I was thinking I'll be just talking to a bunch of young guys that want to be firefighters and think it's cool. And and me being me, I'm talking to all the different career people and looking at everything that's going on. And they said, okay, you know, Jamie, shut up and go and sit in your table because it's time to start. And I'm looking around and there's only one empty table, but in my head, my head just couldn't get there that that could be my table because four young girls were sitting at my table and there was no boys at all. And finally the teachers basically like shoving me like, yeah, it's over there, number seven, like, you know, go. (laughs) And so I get over there and I was like, I I have to start with what's happening here. (laughs) Like how in this room full of 50% boys and 50% girls did four girls sit down at my table to talk about firefighting and no boys whatsoever. And they started telling me and we just had this conversation about, you know, why four girls signed up for this and no boys did. And uh, I'll tell you, like they impressed me more than any other school talk that I've ever been to with their answers and their interest and their, I don't think their interest was all the way into firefighting, right? Like one wanted to be a nurse and one wanted to be a paramedic and and one didn't really know what we were going to talk about but thought it would be interesting. Their friends were at the table. That was the, the fourth one. But you know what? Later on in the conversation, we had about a half hour together, and, and she probably engaged more about firefighting than the other three that actually came there, right? And so do you really, like, how much pressure is in that? So let's go to, to Julia. How much pressure is in what Robin and I were just talking about, about being a role model in the fire service? I don't think there's any pressure. I think it's a great opportunity. And I know, like, as a female, some of the most heartwarming moments are when you get those... Oh my gosh, a girl firefighter. Like, mom, like, look at that. It's a girl firefighter. So I, I don't feel any pressure at all. I think it's exciting. It's exciting to be a role model and it's a great opportunity. That's cool when you have that kind of confidence. Way to go. I remember a couple years ago. Hey. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on you this. Can, you literally just do whatever you want. Yeah. It's like, Welcome to my like, show. Yeah, like, honestly, <laughs> like, are you a captain? Yeah. I feel like you must be a captain or a deputy chief or something. All right, go ahead, Chantel. Tell um, you. you know, we hand out candy in the Christmas parade, and there was this little girl sitting on the sidewalk, and I went to hand out the candy, and her dad was like, oh, look at the fireman, and she just, like, dead-ass looked at him, and she was like, it's fire people, dad. <laughs> Girls are firefighters, too. <laughs> fire people. Yeah. I love it. I'm just getting lectured all the way home, right? Just hating his life. Oh. <laughs> okay, Justine, let's go to you. What's your position in the fire department? I took over fire chief this year. You're the fire chief in Bible Hill. Yes. You're 10 years into this? Yes. And you're the fire chief in Bible Hill. Yeah. Okay, so no pressure on you. 
So not only do you have to lead your whole department and connect with all the other chiefs, and I'm guessing when you're at the chief's table having a meeting, you're probably feel a little lonely, maybe, but uh, are you the only woman fire chief? In this area, in this area. I would say, yes. Okay. Any Anytime I converse with other fire chiefs, it's usually all men, and it's. I'm also like one of the younger ones as well, so I also get that, but I feel very welcomed by the whole group. It's really wonderful. How do you handle that pressure? Honestly, like Julia said, like I don't feel a lot of pressure. It's kind of like just an opportunity, like you said. I think I really like how you described that because I feel like uh, with that, it's almost like people don't expect it almost. Like they don't expect it that you're a female firefighter or that you're fire chief and then they just are. Oh, I, I totally feel like a jackass because I was so surprised, right? <laughs> <laughs> that really shouldn't have surprised me. It's just, I was like, yeah, I was like, my mom's blowing again. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool like that. And like when you are going to the schools and different things and the, the girls are talking to you and seeing, and then you say that you're, like, you're an officer or something like that, it's they're usually surprised. And it's kind of a cool thing to say, like, you know, it's not just the men that are fire chiefs or officers. or. Yeah, and it's certainly not that way, right? Like, yeah. it's not... 30 years ago, 33 years ago when I started, that was unheard of. There was like literally none. And now it's like, I don't know how many times I would look in a week and see, you know, so-and-so is a full-time chief or deputy chief or whatever, and you know, or a volunteer or a paid on call. And, and it's just like totally normal now. It's a, it's kind of like now in the flight crews, they say, oh, it was an all-woman flight crew on this plane. It's like, yeah, old news, right? Like that's been happening now for years and years and years. And it's, uh, so we're gonna go to Stacy, and then I'm gonna tell a little bit of a story of when a couple of firefighters started in Chestermere. So you know, do you feel the pressure that everyone else here kind of doesn't feel or uh, feels happy about? Yeah, no, I'm proud to be able to represent female in the fire service, really. And my daughter's actually a member as well, so. So it's working. It's working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Growing up fire. Yeah. She probably was bullied into it more so than anyone because I kept I kept <laughs> bullied by me because. <laughs> oh, well, it's your parent. You're allowed to bully. That's how yeah. it goes. That's yeah. fine. It's like, man, no, you, you know, if I'm, if I can do it, you can do it, and why don't you join? And and she would come to calls and not wasn't actually a member, but she'd be at home or whatever, and a call would come in. Why don't you come with us? So. So we have this competition and a couple of female firefighters start and uh, you know they're of course it's like uh, the first full-time career firefighters in Chestermere Fire Service and our comms department does what comms department does do and, and they are like really pumping it up and so they called over and they're like hey could you talk to them and see if they want to do an interview and one was very much yeah yeah I want one it's good let's do it and one was very reserved right and I've known her since she was 15 she was a junior firefighter and, it kind of worked her way up in another fire service I worked at and uh, it was funny to me how it was like so different right like one was like I'm embracing this I'm all in I'm I, I'm a role model and almost like forcefully and the other one was like oh, I'm good with it and so they did it kind of one didn't really want to and one did it they did it moved on it caused some controversy because obviously there had been tons of women firefighters in Chestermere before that in the paid on call system so there were some noses that had joined about you know, it's not really the first two women on the fire department. But then the girl guides, the ones that sell the cookies, yeah, the girl guides, <laughs> they show up and Haley's talking to them. And it was kind of like Robin's story where, you know, these little girls, these were maybe even smaller than girl guides, they were seven, eight years old. And uh, they would not stop, like they're staring at her and they're <laughs> pulling on her, asking questions. And they're like 15 little girls have to hold her two hands and she's trying to make it all work. and. And uh, when they left, all the guys are like, oh, that kind of sucked. Like, they didn't even ask us anything. 
we, we didn't even have to be here. Like nobody, nobody even cared that we were here. It was just like Haley's here, and we want to. And so I see that. I see that uh, you know you're lifting up all this next generation of firefighters and kind of pushing the ones above you to do better and to do great things and to you know 10 years into the fire service to be a fire chief in a fire service is that's a big deal right and so you're pushing yourself and you're trying to to get where you need to be and so to me like that's super cool and i love that well yeah you guys are like really challenging me today with all (laughs) so when we first kind of started this Julia, you talked a little bit about skills, right? So you kind of rise to the occasion for your skill set and what you do. So I'm going to go around the table and I kind of want to talk about, um, so forget about being a woman, you're a woman, that's okay, you know, but as a firefighter, like what are your skill sets, right? You'll all have different things. Maybe it's something you like, so you rise to the challenge. Maybe it's something that you're just really good at. Maybe it was a surprise. Maybe it's through hard work. And so Stacy, I'm going to start with you because I never made the made you be on the spot yet so this is, this is all you what what are your uh, top talents what's your secret treasures that's probably a good question I don't know what they really are because I kind of filter from you know I do the MFR thing I do the what do whatever's needed really so maybe being a jack of all trades but it's definitely being humble I can tell you that. <laughs> I think it's being able to talk to people you know usually we're when we see people it's because they're at likely their worst time. So I think my skill is to be able to talk to people and, you know, keeping it real for them and keeping calm and just being there. Nice. Love that. Chantel, you're next. Because you looked away. <laughs> no, no eye contact. Eh? <laughs> I would say if you ask most of my department, it, my top strength would probably be medical. I'm an eMERGE nurse by trade, so oh, it wow. just kind of yeah. falls yeah. in line. I would say like interior attack. I'm usually one of the first ones through the door and I like to kind of pride myself on that. I'm getting the whole follow me vibe. <laughs> yeah. so I I'm mean, not through, leading you anywhere. Yeah. I'll follow you wherever we go. <laughs> through like teaching the level one program, I like to, you know, continue to kind of take people under my wing. And I think, you know, trying to be the first one through the door or continuing to like lead and teach in that like real hands-on practical aspect is probably what I enjoy most. Awesome. I love that for you. That's, uh, you know, to be excited like that and to do those kinds of things and to know that that's what you love. That's great. Angela, what do you got? I would say I do enjoy the medical piece. I'm a nurse as well. So that's where I feel the most comfortable in my participation with patients and on scene. But I also, as we talked about before, I'm kind of like the mother hen and I like to keep an eye on everybody and kind of just have my hands on the scene at all times, know kind of where everybody is. I have done some pump operation on one or two calls last year and have enjoyed that as well, so. That's a tough job. That's that one where if everything's good, everything's good, but as soon as there's no water, everything is not good. And and everyone will be staring at you while you're at the pump panel. I get it. I have to tell you, like the ones that are talking about medical, it's, and people will disagree with me and that's okay, but I think the number one thing that most firefighters fake is their first aid abilities, right? And so until you get like that paramedic level, the advanced paramedic level, the nurse training, the until you get up to those levels where it's like, you know this stuff, you don't have to really think about it, you're gonna be able to just act. I think a lot of firefighters fake that, right? It's just like, I know, <laughs> I taught first aid, I did all this stuff and it's like, so when you get somebody that is very confident and very high in skills, 
on there, not only are you happy to take a step back and just be like, I'll hold that for you and I'll, <laughs> you're very happy to, to have that skill set, right? It's just like, th this is gonna go well and we're gonna do the best we can for this patient. And so when you get those high functioning medical people on site, just crushing it with patients, the rest of the firefighters, like, I don't know if you know this, but it, it really makes the rest of us feel good to have you there and, and to have that preparation and that knowledge base and that, because you know, you can do CPR on a mannequin as many times as you want and it's not the same, right? And to be able to have that Rolodex in your head where you could just be like, oh, it could be this, no, not that, how about this, how about this? And to be able to roll through the things that you learn in school and your experience is huge on a fire scene. So it's not, you know, that piece is not about being a woman, that's about being a firefighter that has a high skill set in something and you love it and that passion bleeds out into everybody else around you and so for me i just want to point that out with the there is there's a lot of us are out there faking it oh i um, breathe a sigh of relief when i see angela yeah. coming <laughs> there you go, right? and just to point out with stacy i was really glad that she got to the fact that she's very good at the communication piece because i'm looking to her when a situation's getting amped up to do that part you know it's cool. we all step in and work together do what we do best yeah wow. Yeah. All right, where were we at? Robin, I think we were at you. You want to go next? Yeah. Sure. Unlike the lady sitting at the table, I do not come from a medical background <laughs> at all. IT, sales, personal trainer, unit, like, but not medical. So for me, the MFR portion was, oh man, mm. that's a lot. It is a lot. So my strength, I would say not the MFR portion, <laughs> but I, I like the science and like the technical aspects of vehicle extrication. I think that's really neat. And I like the heavy gear. I like the physicality of it. And I also enjoy woods fires, ground fires, and again, the science that is behind that. Yeah, that's so. Cool. so you got to do that. You got to go to the yeah. Shelburne fire. Yes. And, and so was that a first for you? Was that kind of like the first big complex fire that you got to go to? Yes, and it was a lot of the cleanup effort, so the after effort, going down and going looking for hot spots. I got to go in a helicopter, which was really neat, you know, so. Don't worry, it'll wear off. <laughs> Thousand flights later, I could care if I ever even saw a helicopter again, never mind go on one, but yeah, it is cool. Yeah, The absolutely. first few times, for sure. Up there with your phone, taking pictures. <laughs> There's a few, there may yeah, be a yeah, it's, it's, It is what it is. Okay. Julia, how about you? So, because it is my, my day job, MFR probably is my strongest strength, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite by any means. I actually quite enjoy having other people step in it and being that support person, being that like question answerer. If, you know, if they're struggling, would love to help them, but I, I do want to see people kind of um, get comfortable with that role as well. But I would have to say forestry work. I, I'm like Robin, like, I just, I love the challenge that weather presents. Like, I, I just think that is such a interesting challenge and it's so unpredictable that I, I don't know. I think it's quite exciting. And I love hard work. Like, I love just being in the woods, working hard for six hours straight. Like, that's my favorite. That's, <laughs> I love that. That's my worst okay. nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Next worst fight I go to, I know who I'm calling. Yeah. Yeah. I got the girl for this. Yeah. I'll have the biggest smile on my face. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love that. Actually, it's not how I feel about it anymore. <laughs> it's great. Now I'm like, I've been here for six minutes. Where's my helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, Justine, how about you? What's your superpower other than like lifting weights and fire? <laughs> oh gosh, I find it so hard to choose. I love the fire service. I think that I love the hard work mm -hmm. and I am a nurse as well. So the MFR, I do like that stuff. But I think if I had to pick, I would say I just love running a scene, the procedure of it all and the puzzle of it all. I just love 
things coming in and just working through it in your mind and organizing the people. And I just really like that a lot. I find it's like, I don't know, just organizing the whole thing. So and I, get there. <laughs> I can like picture your scenes in my head now. So it's like, uh, yeah, I just love like being like a different puzzle every single time. It's never the same and you've got, you know, stuff incoming and you just have to make a choice. And I like that a lot. That's a good point that yeah. we always have to, Right? You think it's going to be the same, but even alarms, they're never the same, right? Someone's choking, it's never the same. It's a really good point. I get lots of questions about, well, what ifs? And I'm like, you know, like, there, you know, we can talk it out and like, you know, what about this scenario? And what about that scenario? But you need to be able to groove with it in the fire service. Like, you've got to be able to be flexible because it's never going to come twice the same way. So. Yeah, I, I often say we could what if this to death, but it's kind of like, yeah. nah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. at the end of the day, you know, we come up with a million scenarios and then the next time it won't be any of those yeah. scenarios, right? So, okay, so we're getting close to the end and what I want you to do next is I want you to just think for a little bit here and you get one sentence, right? Or a few words or whatever you want. This isn't gonna be a paragraph or a huge monologue like I'm doing right now. I want you to think back to your start and I want you to have one sentence or a few words that you're gonna tell yourself about how to get through the first few months of being a firefighter. And Robin looked right at me, so Robin has to go first now. Enjoy the process and be open to learning, not just in your first day or first week, but forever. It's always changing, so. Typical Robin, eh? Just broke the rules right yeah. now. <laughs> so many words. It's, uh, yeah, it's how, it's how it is. That's okay. Robin does what she wants. That's okay. Stacy, you're going next. You can do it. You can do it. Nice, like a Nike commercial. <laughs> Perfect. It's true, right? Good stuff. Julia? I don't have to be, you'll be fine. Just you'll be fine. All those moments where I like doted myself, yeah. I wish I could have just told myself, it'll be fine. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll, be fine. you'll get through it. You yeah. did get through exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. Nice. Justine? Be patient, it'll come. Be patient, it'll come. You don't have to be the best on the first day. It'll, it'll yeah. come together. Your day will come. This is all like some pretty good advice so far. <laughs> So no pressure, Angela and Chantel, but uh, let's, Angela, you're going to go next because Chantel's going to go last. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. It's good advice almost any day. <laughs> I, honestly, yeah. That's cool. Did you have uh, those conversations with Barrett where you, you got home and you're like, I don't know if I can do this, or did you keep that all to yourself? We would have a lot of conversations on the drive to the fire hall <laughs> and to yeah, these, yeah. and sometimes it's one of the two of us that have to say okay let's just take a deep breath and wait till we get there because like justine said you really don't know what you're going to until you're actually there and, and no sense of doing home. the what ifs in your head <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then silent treatment on the way home oh absolutely yeah. that's like when i coached my son hockey it was just we talk and talk and talk and then on the way home turn up the radio <laughs> all right chantel this is it this is your advice I would probably say, like, just go for it. Go for it. Like, there's, yeah. I mean, there's nothing to lose in just trying to do your best, showing up every day. Just. I love all of your advice. And, and at the end of the day, that grade nine girl that was giving Robin a hard time, the other girls that look up to you when you're doing fire prevention work and, and the other firefighters that mentored you and now you're mentoring, 
I think all of your answers were great. I, I'm impressed with all of you. I thank you for taking the time. I think that I learned some stuff about myself and maybe some of the things that I think. And hopefully some of my stories helped you or helped some other people manage their way through all of this as we get through this together. But uh, thanks for having me out, especially the great village people. Sorry. <laughs> It's, it's, they're great. But for everyone else, right? So representing Hilden, Great Village, Valley Kempton, also Valley Kempton, and Bible Hill. Thanks for taking the time. I know it's tough to find the time, and I appreciate all of you for being here and, and talking about this important subject with me. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. So that's Growing Up Fire, Season 3, Episode 22. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for listening to Growing Up Fire today. Follow me on Instagram at Chief Coots to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.